this week on Erotic Awakening, Advanced Sadism and Having Fun. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. We want to thank our latest patron supporters, Brandy and Cass. So welcome aboard, guys. Head over to patreon.com slash erotic awakening today and get your bonus content and support the show. Hi, Dawn. Hi, Dan. I always feel good when I see that we get a couple new patrons here and there. Really, after 680 shows, as we often say, you need a little motivation. And although it's and there's nothing wrong with it, it's wonderful when people come up to us at events or via email or via Discord saying, oh, I really got something out of your last show. But becoming a patron is also a great way to say, keep going, guys. Absolutely. So it does feed us a little bit for sure. One of the other things that feeds you, Don, I happen to know, is you enjoy the occasional spanking. <laughs> I enjoy spanking. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> and and the coconut rope on the boobs. Absolutely. I like the bitey. Yeah, I like the whole thing about the cupcake boobs. Yep. So we've established you're a fan of the BDSM. Mm-hmm. How about a, a flogging with some barbed wire? that's a little bit i understand why people do it i understand the thrill of it i understand all now it's a little beyond me well i don't (laughs) understand it but fortunately for us on the show we have just rob joining us just rob thanks for being on the show hey thanks thanks for having me and thank you for pretending this is the first time we've done this (laughs) unlike the previous try it recording that we did 20 minutes ago your website your classes that you teach you lean into the advanced sadism and that's what we're going to talk about today and i really i want to start off by talking about but you're scrolling past stuff i like but some of this (laughs) stuff i think you'll a little less like okay but i'm go ahead I, i want to start off by asking you about the one of the classes you teach is called sadistic science and it's it's very true that what we do in the kink world a lot of it is stuff that we've gone to classes for, right? Don and I teach a spanking class. We teach a flogging class and people can come to the class and learn these skills. But a lot of the stuff that we do is not taught as often. And it becomes a little bit of an uncharted territory. There aren't a lot of manuals out there in the world for some of the more extreme things we do. With all that said, how is it that we learn to get into the more sadistic type scenery, right? If I wanted to play with barbed wire, if I want to do some of the more advanced things, how, how do you make that happen in, in somewhat of a safe way? Yeah. So, and you know, that's, that's actually a lot what we talk about in the class is that part of it really is, you know, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to do the BDSM cliche, Right what is BDSM about? One, two, three, communication. So, you know, a lot of it for me starts with having an idea and then doing a lot of research. And then I have this whole like almost scientific process that I go through in terms of us having an idea. And I say us because it's usually me and then a partner. And then us learning all we can about it, which is usually from other sources, usually vanilla sources, right? Mm -hmm. We're usually looking at medical texts, you know, if it's electricity, I might be looking at 
OSHA guidelines or handbooks for something in the trade or whatever it is, right? So we're trying to learn as much as we can about it, not necessarily about what we're going to do, but just all around what we're going to do. But a lot of this for me is about it being collaborative rather than it be, you know, me, Dom, you, Sub, right? It's about us figuring it out. And it becomes very scientific. It becomes experimentation. All right. We learned all this stuff. Are, are we comfortable in sort of dipping our toes in? And then let's start trying to figure some stuff out, right? Let's start to try to figure out, can we do this? Are we comfortable with this? What do we think the risk levels are? Now, right? it's interesting that you're using that we terminology a lot because I think the classical view is that the the top is expected to be the master of these skills and the bottom is expected to be a pincushion and, and receive and just receive things. But mm. you're using a lot of we language there. Yeah, I think you're right. That is the expected traditional paradigm, but that's not how I see it. It's not how I teach. If anybody has been to my classes, I always try to have a bottom in my classes that uh, is communicative and will will speak from the bottom's perspective because I'm a top, I'm not a pain receiver. And so I can't talk about what the bottom's experience is. And when we're learning these things, I want to understand what the bottom's going through without having to go through what the bottom is going through. And maybe that's me being selfish, right? You know, part of the old school mentality used to be that you started from the bottom. Like mm -hmm. before you could become a master, you had to start as a as a bottom kind of thing. I, I didn't do that. I don't receive most of this stuff, right? But I want people to partner with me who are willing to do the, their half of the science. You know, I, I want to know if it's working, right? And I want to know if it's safe, but I also want to know experientially, like, is this what you think it should be? It, does this, it, does this give you what you want? Does this feel safe? Maybe you know intellectually that this is safe, but does it feel safe? Because mm -hmm. I want to know all of that stuff. And I want both of us to have this understanding, right? Before we go out and start to push the limits of what we're doing, right? And then before we start to go out and try to help other people do it. So I actually think that is a phenomenal approach. Dan has never bottomed. I think once in 24 years to try out a flog. Three times, I believe, three, young. Okay. Three oh, times. Three, three, sorry. Three. I'm experienced. <laughs> in 23 years. And because... He, he, and, and maybe you feel this way, Rob, he's not going to have the same experience as I'm going to have. If, if we do chemical play on him, you're not going to be about that. It's just not going to be the same as me who has the endorphins and stuff kick in to where I actually have a thrill over some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I just think the bodies are going to react different. So I kind of understand the whole old school approach and I, you know, I hear it a lot, but I'm, I'm also okay as a bottom being part of that experiment. So, so it's kind of yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we're just trying, like, here's an example, right? Like with medical play stuff, when I get new needles, I'll take one out of the package and I'll pierce myself with it as a quality control mechanism. 
are the needles as sharp as I expect them to be? Are they what I think they, they should be? That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is like, we are testing not only for safety and efficacy, but for experience. And like you said, if I don't want this, like if this isn't an experience that I want to be on the receiving end of, then it doesn't do me any good to be on the receiving end of it in right. this context. That, that That's not, it, from a, my scientific brain says, this is not relevant data for the experiment. <laughs> like whether I, w what am I going to say about this other than I didn't die, right? Right. <laughs> but if I have a partner who like is psyched about this stuff and we do this and not only did we one prove that they didn't die and that they're not in the hospital, but then they can say, you know, my expectations were that it was going to be like this, but no, it was way different. It was like this. And I liked it because it was like this instead. And we could probably do this thing or you could, you know, we could change this to make it different in this way and blah, blah, blah. That's how you start to figure out how to do these things and the different variations and how to be creative with it and not just be technical, not just know how to do it safely or safer, right? Or not, not know just how to not put someone in the hospital, but know how to create a scene, know how to create sensations and things like that. But that's a two-way street. And if, if, and if we don't, if we don't embrace the fact that that's a two-way interchange then then we're not going to be as effective totally get it and i can hear the excitement in your voice at figuring out these puzzle pieces this is kind Absolutely. kind of cool yep. putting this together mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the journey like for you personally in that at, at some point in your life you show up at a bdsm event or a club or maybe even you're just playing in your bedroom and saying you know i would like something more what about barbed wire what about you know 201 Wheels impact or, yeah. <laughs> yeah so the way sort of stuff like that actually began and i tell this story it was with porcupine quills mm -hmm. i saw a picture on fetlife it was an erect cock with porcupine quills sticking in it and i saw that and i said what is that like I knew what the cock was. Uh, <laughs> I, I happened to have one of those, right? So I, I understand what that was, but like, I was like, that's not needles. Like what, what is that? Mm -hmm. And, and so I messaged the person who, whose picture it was on their profile. And I said, Hey, I've really liked this picture, but I don't understand what the things are sticking in them. Like, can you tell me about this? And this person proceeded in the typical fashion of, Hey, I'm a top. And somebody asked me about a thing I really am passionate about. I got, you know, multiple paragraphs back, right. Nice. Of them describing to me what was going on. But a lot of the information they gave me was not feasible in my situation. Meaning like the way they acquired porcupine quills didn't work for me or their experience was as a female top doing mostly CBT to male bottoms. And that obviously wasn't going to be my experience. Mm -hmm. And they didn't, they didn't really have much to say about, well, what would you do with a female bodied individual? 
And they were like, well, I don't know. I'm a woman and I play with. So there was a level of, okay, well, now I got to either go out and find other people that do this stuff and ask them questions also, or the exploration needs to begin. That was when I sort of decided like either, you know, either I'm going to wait until I find a class somewhere and somebody who's already figured this out, or I'm going to go figure it out. And I decided that I was going to go try to figure it out. And I had a partner at the time who was also interested in figuring it out and was willing to go on that journey with me. And so it was an easy decision to make. Very cool. Have you had any mistakes, any significant challenges where let's try, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know, maybe putting, let's put barbed wire in a particular place that you realize later that, nope, that's not a good place for barbed wire or with the advanced needle play or anything like that. And if so, what what's the recovery plan from a situation like that? Yeah. I mean, there have always, there have been little, you know, you know, things here and there where things don't go as planned. I feel like I've done a pretty good job in my life of mitigating the big things, not making the obvious mistakes, not making the the huge mistakes. But like the first time I had somebody pass out during a needle <laughs> scene, you know, I knew what vasovagal syncope was, but I'd never had somebody sitting in front of me just kind of go dead fish while I was in the middle of shoving needles through them. I've had people kind of freak out, think that things were going to go one way and and their brain went a totally different direction and have to sort of talk people down off the ledge. Um, I've had people have allergic reactions to things that we did that were unexpected. When you have a situation like that, what's the recovery plan? What's the, How do you get back on that horse? Or have it, has, is it just natural for you to say, oh, all right, let's try something new? Well, I mean, it, it depends sort of on what angle you're you're going at this from, right? From from an immediate perspective, my focus is always on let's let's stabilize the situation and let's get the bottom back to to as stable as possible. Let's triage the situation, right? Let's my brain kind of goes into you know, triage mode. It's not, it's not about how I feel about the situation. I'm going to freak out later. I'm going to do all the postmortem stuff about how I fucked up and like what I could have done differently. But my, my thing at the time is there's another human being here whose well-being I need to, I need to fix or try to help stabilize. I've never, I've, I mean, I've, there have been times when uh, I've realized that those incidents represented one of the things that I talk a lot about is complacency. Mm. That one of the big, one of the big things that I think is dangerous is complacency. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I try to do is I try to, I try to do some self-evaluation and determine was this something that just sort of happened was this just an accident was this a fluke right or was this something that we could have done better 
Is this something that could have been avoided? Or was this something that I should have known about, but I became complacent? Because mm-hmm. because complacency is a big problem, right? Especially if you've done things for a long time. It's real easy to say, you know, I've, I've put needles in hundreds of people. And so I don't need to do this X, Y, and Z safety thing because... Uh, I, I'm an expert and I do this all the time, blah, blah, blah. That's the time when you're going to fuck up and something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're going to feel like an asshole because you of all people should have known better. But you got, com- you got complacent. You felt like, oh, all of a sudden the rules didn't apply to you. And so I, uh, you know, and I don't, I, I say that and I don't want to make it sound dire. Like, you know, everything that we're doing here is some like life or death situation and you have to be ever vigilant and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, what we're doing is, can be, and is, is risky, is dangerous. And that complacency. So I've never had an instance where I kind of had to step back and say, I don't think I want to do this anymore, but I have had instances where I had to either change the way I was approaching a negotiation or Mm -hmm. change the way I did something some sort of process in my procedures or just had to remind myself, Hey, the rules apply to you too. Mm-hmm. Right? And for the good of your bottom and yourself and your mental health and your well being, you, you got to make sure that you're, you're doing everything you need to do to keep yourself and your, the other person safe. So, right. So with negotiation, which which you just brought up, is there anything during negotiation that is different than if you were negotiating a not edgy scene? Is there anything that you make sure to cover or is it about the same, just a slightly different topic? I think a lot of that depends on, well, that question is actually difficult for me because I don't, I rarely ask people to play anymore. It's always mm-hmm. people asking me to play. Okay. And and so negotiations have become very one-sided for me, um, which means that what kind of questions I'm asking has become very, very specific as opposed okay. to if I was looking to evaluate someone proactively to play. But a, a, a lot of the things that I'm, I'm looking at are things like, what is it that you want out of what it is that we're going to do? Not necessarily mm, boundaries or like, what things do you like? Because what I do is often so specific. It's not like the, let me pull out my impact bag and pull out all the toys and you tell me which things are okay or not okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Because usually... Because usually when I'm usually when I'm negotiating with someone, the scope of what we're going to do is very limited from a technical perspective. Right. It is the emotional or the or the dynamic part of it that is up for negotiation. It might be like what size gauge needles or where can I put needles in you? But what we're negotiating really is things like, what do you want here? Do you like being pierced or do you want to suffer? Do you want pain? Is it okay if like, I want to make you come? 
or do you want this to be less sexual and more you know pain i i I like that that style of negotiation and i like where that's going i like making people come too which you just said but that's besides the point so rob we have a ton more that you're familiar with that i was looking at your website with blood impact and advanced violent wand play for torture advanced needle play quilling like we talked about etc etc where can people find out more about you and the classes that you teach I am just Rob, J-U-S-T-R-O-B, all one word on FetLife. Or you can go to our house website. That's houseofjust.com. Good deal. Rob, very much appreciate you being on the podcast with us today. And hang out with us uncomfortably for just a moment while we wrap this thing up. (laughs) Dawn, we have two more events that we were just asked to present at. And I just saw that a little bit ago in our email. And I can't even remember where we're presenting at now. Is it Maryland, Tucson, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida? It is all of those. How am I supposed to keep up with all that? Well, I just put out our newsletter today. So keep up with all our events, book news and discounts, and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. And get your EA shout out like Star from North Carolina. And Trinity369, who is a nomad. So head over to eroticawakening.com and subscribe today. Speaking of such, and (laughs) I will maintain anonymity, but thank you, anonymous person that just sent us a Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi. Is it Ko-Fi or is it coffee? I think it's pronounced coffee, but it's spelled Ko-Fi donation. I actually forgot that over there at eroticawakening.com we had a coffee option. So you can buy us a cup of coffee if you want to, apparently. And we're not very good at this whole marketing thing because I'm looking at the website now and I don't even know how to, how to find oh, look, <laughs> there's a big green button that says support, support Dan, Dan and Dawn. And Dawn with some options. Excuse so. us while we troll. Oh, look at that. It's right there. While we look at our own things. Yes. So, uh, yeah. We'll just so go. You could become a patron, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You could buy tickets to our Zoom classes, which I actually, I have three Zoom classes this month. And that is a way to support us. We've got, what did I put out there this time? I put Eyes of the Kadishti, yep. Six Styles of Negotiation, and How to Empower Your Submissives or Your Followers. So those are the, the three classes this time. And what else do we have? So we have Patron, we have our store, we have our classes, and yeah, so all, all of that. It's all in the newsletter. And of course, oh, patrons, you'll be attending many of those classes for free, and if not for free, for a discount. Absolutely. So, Don, beyond that, that is pretty much all we had to talk about today, with the exception of whatever you just drew your breath I in. I drew my breath in, because we're talking about these events that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. There is one in Cincinnati that's coming up in April. The tickets just went on sale either yesterday or today, and they're expecting a sellout. It's going to be in April. It's called The Grand Fetish Affair, and we've got so many of our podcast listeners coming and our patrons and local people to Columbus and Cincinnati and Chicago people are coming Mm -hmm. down, and it is going to sell out. So if you are currently listening to this and not listening to it years from now... Or next week. <laughs> right. You should probably go to the Grand Fetish Affair, and that's the name of it on FET. And their website I'm going to have in the show notes, but I think they also have – yeah, it's not coming up fast enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a link here. So if you go to the Grand Fetish Affair on FET, they have a link to their website where you can buy the tickets. But I'm super excited about that. 
and the people that are going yeah. to be there, like Dossie Easton and Lee Harrington. And us as well. I would not wait if that's something you think you might want to go to. I would hurry up and go ahead and get those tickets. And mm-hmm. you know what? I will, as it gets a little closer, we'll jump over to the Discord and see if people want to have some kind of an EA meetup. That would be fabulous. And I actually already put it out there. Oh, well. sorry. Because <laughs> people on the Discord were already talking about it. So maybe we will do an EA meetup. So, Rob, I don't know what kind of things you enjoy, but if you had the option, would you rather go hiking, play air hockey, or bocce ball? Man, I'm super lazy. I I think think if I had to pick between one of the three of those things, I think air hockey would be my speed. Good, because that is the only one that I excel at. (laughs) You did, too. You beat us all. So... That's what we've been doing over the last couple of days to bring in the new year. We went hiking, what, air hockey, and I think it's bocce ball, bocce ball. I don't know what it's called. I don't know. We played that. We've done putt-putt. We did, what was the little slidey thing with the sand? That's shuffleboard. Shuffleboard, yes. And we played some billiards as well. Indeed. So lots of- And board games. And And cook some awesome food and- And put Tabasco on your puss. We did that too. <laughs> well, our, our 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 definition of fun apparently ranges quite far and wide. So, but it's really been neat to bring in the new year just by having a heck of a good time and and just playing. We've just been playing lately. It's been really neat. I guess that's about it. That is all the notes. Be a part of the Erotic Awakening Podcast community. You can support us on Patreon and get early access to the podcast, a free version of the audiobook Polyamory Toolkit, free ebooks, member-only Discord access, and more. Find all the goodies at patreon.com slash eroticawakening today. Help others find us. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Join the conversation with us and other listeners. Use the links from the Erotic Awakening website for our growing Discord channel. Feel free to reach out to us. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. We are Dan and Dawn on FetLife. And Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or just email us at daneanddawn at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Rob. Bye, Rob.